we have been prioritizing life all wrong, you know, for the last 50 years, you know, you know, for the last, since technology mainly became a thing, but it's just, it's just that we have put making friends and having meaningful relationships as a, if I have time category or, you know, a nice to have category, not a must have category. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person who is constantly on a mission to uncover the light that exists within all of us. On this podcast, I talk to people from all walks of life who have uncovered their light and actively cultivate it in their everyday, whether it be through career, relationships, spirituality, or a combination of the three. My hope is that these conversations help us start uncovering our own light that already exists within us, which is what I like to call our active ingredient so that we can tap into it, bring it to the forefront and live the lives that we were intended to. Hello, we are back with another active ingredient episode. I am honestly so happy to be back and to be doing another intro and to be putting out another podcast. It has been a minute. It's been, I think, three weeks since I put an episode out. And for those of you who follow me or just know me, you know that I have relocated to Miami for a few months. I'm going to start splitting time between Miami and New York, and I'll be here for a few months. So the past three weeks have been a little bit hectic because we're, you know, just getting situated and getting everything in the apartment ready for us, which has been really, really exciting. But I am also so pumped to be back on the active ingredient train. I've been recording some in-persons in Miami and it just feels so good to finally be back in the flow. And I'm so excited to be releasing an episode on a topic that I am personally so interested in. I think that, you know, the topic of community and friendship is something that I actually, and I feel like I'm pretty well versed in the wellness space and I just don't feel like we talk about it enough because as adults, I just find it to be harder and harder to A, keep up with your friendships, your existing friendships, and B, make new friendships that are actually like true long lasting friendships. So I am just super, super pumped about this conversation that I had with our guest of the show today. So this week's episode is with Radha Agrawal, who is a social entrepreneur, community builder, author, founder of Daybreaker, and is also the co-founder of Thinks. Like I said, this conversation is all about the importance of having a community that you feel like you truly belong to and how this day and age, friendship tends to be the last thing on our priority list. And for me, honestly, for me too, um, it has been something that I'm definitely working on and that most people really just tend to prioritize work and other obligations and we see friendship or community as the least important where Rada's view is that feeling true belonging, whether that's with friends or family or both, should be the number one priority in life across all cultures. And actually, it's funny that I'm having this conversation with her now because I recently became obsessed with blue zones. And I don't know if you know what that is, but essentially what a blue zone is, there are specific areas in the world where people live way longer. Like their life expectancy is like 100 and their quality of life is excellent. And every single blue zone has strong community and family as a core pillar of just their way of life, which goes to show just how important community really is. And I just, I agree with Rada. I feel like we have it backwards. We like are just, you know, focused on producing, 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 but like, who are you producing for? You know, like 
making sure that you have the right people around you to either enjoy the fruits of your labor or just to have you know a good conversation with to laugh with just that i think is where the true joy comes from and clearly that's what Wadarada thinks also and i also just feel like at this point in my life and especially throughout this pandemic and you know i said this on the solo episode on the the last solo episode that i put out i've been giving a lot of thought on you know just who i'm surrounding myself with where i'm getting my energy from and how i can show up better to just continue to either cultivate the friendships that really already make me happy and bring new people into my life that i genuinely feel are aligned with my most true self and that i just feel like we are vibing and that they're my people you know um i definitely have some of those people in my life already but of course obviously like i would love to attract more of that and prioritize it because like i said i've definitely been guilty about doing the reverse you know like putting other things that are work related client related business related um or things that i just see as like obligations or errands before community and friendship and you know that's just one of the biggest takeaways for me from this year is that that i need to reverse that um or not need to i want to reverse that yeah so you know just thinking about where you're putting your energy and how you can show up better to attract more of that i think is also a really good takeaway from this conversation and just uh the year in general So on this episode we talk about Rada's journey and how she went from thanks to daybreaker to now devoting her life to helping people find their tribe and ultimately feel like they belong. And we talk about how step 1 is like I said to look inward and take inventory of yourself before going outward. We get into how to find and sustain your dream community, nurturing your sense of belonging, uh because connectedness as we've mentioned as more and more studies show is our key to happiness fulfillment and success. With that said, I am probably going to be moving to a blue zone, you know, just got to Miami, Miami is definitely not a blue zone by any means. You can find me in a blue zone in the next few years. Uh I'll keep you posted on which one. No, but really anyway, I'm really excited to have you guys listen to this episode and welcome Rada to the show. I actually wanted to kick off this podcast a different way than I normally kick it off because I have been having so many conversations with people on reintegrating back into society and like being around people and the overstimulation that we're all feeling like we're all craving it but we're also like every time that I've been in in bigger groups I'm so overstimulated and I get like a little bit of social anxiety so I'm curious about how you're approaching this because I swear to god this week alone I've already had like four conversations about it and it's Tuesday so I can only imagine that the New York Times is going to write a piece on this like reintegration What were some of the what were some of the things that the people said the four people that talked about it? So um that everyone has been like desperate so they say yes and like do it and then they feel a little uncomfortable. Um personally from my experience I I went to Domino Park not this this past week and the weekend before and I literally was like I'm about to have a panic attack I need to get out of here like right now. There was just like so many people so I feel like there's like a discrepancy between the eagerness to be around people and then once you're in it it's like we haven't been around people for so long that i feel like there's like a step in between you know right right and and is it because you're afraid of getting covid is it because i don't i don't know that if it's i'm afraid of getting covid i just think that it's like overstimulation that i haven't had in such a long time or at least that like the people i'm talking to like we all feel the same like we just were drained after you know uh-huh. interesting um i guess i haven't really been in massive 
I guess I was at McCarran Park um, once or twice, like, but I was kind yeah. of walking my daughter and my dog and sort of like sort of an overwhelming experience. I mean, I think for me, it's just sort of, I'm, I'm like, I just love humans and I know how healing and how important it is. So I move, I push through um, any sort of fear that I have of getting for me is getting COVID. So I've, I'm kind of immunocompromised. Mm. Um, and, um, so that for me, it's like around that, it's just a bit of that, but, it, but I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's time for us to be courageous and show up courageously in community and, um, with other humans and like knowing net net. And of course your body might be afraid, but to, to really have a brain body conversation of just being like, Hey, you know, brain, you know, it's so, um, it's so healing to be around humans. It's so important for our vitality, for our intelligence, mm-hmm. for our immune system, for just so many aspects of our brain and our mental health and physical health, um, to be around other people that, um, that I can rationalize the, the importance. And then it just feels, it feels so good, but yeah, I, I totally know what you mean by it can feel overwhelming. I, I, I think pre-COVID, I probably felt that, you know, I I just think it's been exacerbated because of the amount of time it's been that we haven't been around it. And like, I think that that's such a good point. And for anyone listening, that's like been thinking obviously in a safe way, but like to think that like this, this has been only a year in however many years you've been on this earth. Like, I feel like knowing that, yeah, maybe we'll feel overly sensitized and a little bit overwhelmed the first like months or something, but checking in with yourself and being like, I'm actually safe. Obviously if you're doing it in a safe way and like making sure that you're taking care of, you know, what you can, but yeah, I think that it's going to be like a little bit of, uh, just like a month or two of like figuring out what that comfort level is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think I'm absolutely right, but I think on the other side of that fear is a, a depth of gratitude that, um, that I feel I'm, I'm experiencing also, um, that I'm hearing from, from community members, from friends, from family members of just like how much more they cherish being around other people, how much more they cherish being in community, how much more, um, you know, friendly they feel with everybody because we've all been through the same things. So all of a sudden, literally every single human, there's an icebreaker of, hey, let's, you know, let's break bread and talk about this. Like, I think that there's a first time commonality between people who have no money, people who have lots of money, people who are of any race, any shape, any size, any sexual orientation. All of a sudden, we, every single one of us has something in common. And mm-hmm. so, it for me has felt like a beautiful unifier in so many ways. And so, so true. Um, so I, I think that's the way I think about it. I think that's the way I look at it. It's just this um, a way to, to break the ice, you know, like how is actually, your- that's a really good segue because my next question was like, okay, we're in obviously like this like post pandemic weird vibe. And also just generally as adults, I think it's really hard to make friends personally. And I work in PR. So like I, I, there's no other job that I feel like you can possibly have more exposure and like your job is literally to make friends. I still find it hard to like make actual impactful relationships as an adult because the setting is just not the same as being in school. And like, you know, you have that common denominator, which is great that you mentioned that like now we all have this, you know, unifying thing that could be a great icebreaker for post pandemic. But I'm curious, just like more broadly, how do you approach making friends in adulthood that are aligned with your values? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's so many sort of first steps that have to happen before 
um, before finding your tribe. And I think the first thing is you have to go inward. And I actually wrote a book about this called Belong. And, and you know, people think when they buy this book that it's going to be about how to make friends and build your dream community. But that's actually only part two of the book. Part one is really about excavating, going going in, looking under your own hood to see, for example, you know, sort of how are you showing up energetically in a community or in a setting? Are you, are you being like, oh, this is, I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling, you know, anxious. I'm feeling, you know, what, what energy are you putting out to the world? How can we clean that up first? Look under the hood, understand how, how each and every one of us are showing up energetically in a space, um, which will then, you know, energy of course is the DNA of our entire life experience. And so if we're thinking, feeling, um, you know, pushing out this energy, you know, humans, we're all animals, we feel each other's energy. So we're going to attract those types of anxious or negative or insecure people if we're pushing out that type of anxious, you know, kind of insecure energy. And so it's, it's really about taking the time first to go inward, take the time to be like, okay, how can I get to know all the areas in my own body because our body holds all the wisdom right now. And then our, our, our body then informs our mind. And so it's really this beautiful dance between the brain. And then what, what really wants to happen is our mind wants to kind of begin retelling different stories to our body. So that if our body has dealt with or faced with or remembers trauma or negative stories or things that happened in the past that are stuck and stored in our body, it's up to our mind to then say, hey, body, here's a new reality for you. Here's a new opportunity for you to, um, to shape shift. So I just think step one is, to get, again, get connected to your brain and your body and the beautiful dance between the two. Understand where you're cutting yourself off of the neck. Where am I just going to the gym to work out and just like, you know, kind of like blindly work out to get a six pack ab to look hot, to look sexy, to lose weight, to, to do all these things. And but then not realize the negative impact that is happening in my brain. I feel insecure. I feel I feel more anxious because I want to look good. I'm feeling more in comparison to people on Instagram. I'm feeling more stressed about my calorie intake. All these things happening to our, our cortisol spike in our brains so that all the workout that we're doing isn't actually doing ourselves any justice, right? So, so as we think about friendships, as we think about just sort of you know how we want to build our dream community, let's first understand our brain body and how it works. And then actually, I, this, is, this is what I did in my own life to, to sort of change my life, to go from very much a um, kind of insecure, um, you know, confident seemingly on the outside, right? But very kind of people pleasing, you know, kind of um, not standing on my own two feet. Um, it's very relatable. I feel and, the same. You know, on, on the inside of my twenties and, and so wanting to, yeah, and I think so many of us, I think, are in that phase of like putting out this sort of, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a badass, but on the inside, you're like, do they like me? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I all these things? And so just getting under the getting under the hood first to just do that practice for myself has changed my life. And again, it's a daily practice. I call so it. So, what does the practice actually look like? Yeah. And how did you how did you get started? Was there like something that opened your eyes to it that you were like, I actually need to go inward before going and seeking? Oh, absolutely. So, so it was my thirtieth birthday. I woke up and I was about to go to this my own birthday party, and I just remember thinking like other than my twin sister and maybe one or two friends, it's like everybody else that was showing up, you know, 
it just wasn't my tribe. It wasn't a group of humans. Yes, they're showing up for me. Yes, I'm grateful that there's people that care, but it was just misaligned values. Um, I, over the years, had heard them shit-talking each other, shit-talking me, just like, you know, it just wasn't a clean environment, you know, um, to feel fully safe and fully that exhale if I'm home with a group of friends who really want me to win, who really have my back, who really are as happy for me about my wins as I am for them, you know? And um, so I just remember feeling very lonely, you know? And it's, it's, it's interesting that you can feel alone together. You can be in a giant music festival with a bunch of friends that you call friends and feel totally alone. You know, there's so many days I wake up next to my husband now and I feel totally alone. You know, even if he's the best guy in the world, even if, it just that's the human condition, you know? Mm-hmm. So just, so, so I think for me in that moment, I woke up and I'm like, wow, I really need to figure out how to prioritize humans, I'm 30 years old, prioritize friends, prioritize meaningful relationships instead of romance and career and like what everyone talks about, like the external check marks. Yeah. External checks. Exactly. Like, am I rich? Okay. Am I, do I have love in my life? Am I, can my parents got my back about dating? Can I, you know, all these things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think for me, it was like, wait a minute, we have been prioritizing life all wrong you know, for the last 50 years, you know, you know, for the last, since technology mainly became a thing, but it's just, it's just that we have put making friends and having meaningful relationships as a, if I have time category or, you know, um, nice to have category, not a must have category. And when I reshifted my priorities at the time at 30, I was single. I was living in a studio kind of tiny little apartment where my bed was right next to my cat. You know, it was like, the little pied terre New York experience, yeah. you know, I, I just was like, this is me prioritizing everything else except for meaningful relationships in my life. Let me- Like a be- physical representation, you mean? A physical representation, this tiny little room, me alone, feeling insecure, just like, it's like, it's like, what is happening, you know? And so it was that wake up call for myself and- and I realized that I had been prioritizing career, all the things wrong, you know, at first and, and look where it got me, you know? And so I was like, okay, what would actually, like, what is the human condition? Like, what is it that makes humans tick? It turns out that sex and power and money is actually a secondary sort of goal. The, the primary goal, as I began doing research and researching Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I since actually updated in my book, um, since he wrote it in 1943. <laughs> it's time for a, yeah. a RADA upgrade. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then it's like, I looked at a, a bunch of studies done by these incredible psychologists and researchers and, and um, in the 1970s and 80s, who uh, a guy called Roy Baumeister, um, who really looked at basically belongingness, you know, and and that 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 sex, money, power, fame, all of that is rooted in I want to belong, right? I just want to feel a sense of belongingness. And if I didn't get that in my house growing up, if my parents fought from, from a, a broken family or if I was in a horrible relationship or if I was bullied as a kid or if I was, there's so many moments in our lives where we feel unworthy or lesser than, we don't feel like we belong. And so I began to, that aha moment was like, oh my gosh, like political polarization, gun violence, the obesity epidemic, our anorexia, our anxiety, our depression, our, our chase to fame and power 
all of that, if you actually peel back the curtain, the whole thing comes down to, I don't feel like I belong. And therefore all of these things can create a potential, a possibility for me to feel a sense of belonging. When I have money, I'll have more friends and I'll belong. When I fall in love, someone will receive me. When I, you know, you know, or if I, or, or if I don't feel that way, I feel a deep sense of anxiety and depression and I'm going to call myself names, yeah. you know, like introvert. I'm going to call myself socially anxious, extrovert, whatever, all these different names. To Can you repeat that story to yourself over? <laughs> and so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy over exactly. and over again. Exactly. And I really think that, that those types of labels are so dangerous. You know, it's like, sometimes I feel very introverted. Sometimes I feel very extroverted. It always depends on the day. Like why yeah. just pigeonhole myself as one thing so I can feel better because ultimately those who feel unworthy or, or feel, or feel like shy or, or nervous or whatever, now they're banding together under the umbrella of introverts, which is ironic, right? It's like, oh, I built a community around other introverts. Yeah. So I did that for a long time when I was, I was like, oh, wow, like I'm an, as an introvert, I fe- as a self-proclaimed introvert, I feel like I have a community of other people calling themselves introverts and, and we're just going to continue. But what's interesting is, is, you know, is all of this is taken away from the richness of what it means to be a human who experiences deep belonging across all spectrums. So if, you know, if we begin unpacking, why do I, why did I, why do I feel introverted in these moments? Oh, it's because when I was in a large crowd at a cafeteria one time, you know, someone didn't want to sit next to me or like, you know, or I went to a music festival and I just felt like I was lost and alone. I just felt more safe in a one-on-one setting. I felt more safe when I was fueling up alone. It took more energy out of me to like go and make friends in a larger audience setting. So I started calling myself all these names, you know? So when you were going inward on your 30th year, did yeah. you really sit down and write down where this all stemmed from from you? Look yeah. at it, look at it in the face, and yeah. then understand that that is not your story anymore. Absolutely. So, so in fact, there's an episode of twenty exercises in my book because a one-hour podcast like this <laughs> give you all of it, which is why you know I've had thousands of people reach out to me from my community, ask me what I did. So I put it down in this book, but I'll share you know some of the first key things that I did, which is I established a joy practice for myself. And, you know, when you think about a meditation practice, a fitness practice, a yoga practice, what about developing a joy practice? And so I developed this joy practice for myself that changed my life. And what that was, was first, and, 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 you know, a joy practice as I developed it is sort of, I bucketed into multiple categories. It's eight categories. So it's, you know, we have categories, let's start with relationships and community. So I'll share with that today, but, um, but practicing joy has become my entire life's work. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm about the whole platform, um, which we just launched two months ago around helping people practice joy. Um, but I'll share that in just a second for the last, the last 12 years, I've just been doing something on my own, just practicing joy. And, and how I did that was, okay, let's look at every area of my life. So what, what is it that constitutes joy? How can we actually live? And belongingness and joy are so interconnected. You can't find joy unless you feel deep belongingness. You can't find belongingness until you understand how to practice joy and invite that into your life every day. Mm-hmm. And that goes in, out, in, out, in, out, right? Inward journey, outward journey, inward journey, outward journey. Um, so my joy practice was, okay, let me first look at my my relationships and my community 
And, and as I'm looking at that, let me look under the hood at myself. So step one is my energy, right? Like the energy, well, how I'm showing up in my community, how I'm showing up for myself, how, what I'm, how, how I'm shitting on myself, how I'm calling myself names, how I'm, you know, you know, not, not giving myself the opportunity to come out of this negative spin cycle because I'm constantly mm-hmm. negative frame of mind. So let me practice joy. Let me practice a gratitude practice. Let me begin every morning being grateful for the sheets on my bed. i being grateful for the soft pillow of my face. Let me be grateful for the beautiful apartment over my head. Even if it's small, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's, I'm in New York City. I'm in the, the best city in the world. So I, I just began shifting my mindset from, oh, wait, I'm living in this like, tiny little small apartment. You know, I should be doing more. I should be doing more to, whoa, I'm living in New York City. This is epic. I have this amazing studio, this amazing bed. I have this amazing, you know, running hot water. I have a just... I just I, I, I notice that you like say small things and like I'm I've talked about this on my podcast five thousand times and like literally a lot of the times I close it out like don't forget to do your grateful list in the morning because it has completely completely changed my life and I found that when you highlight the things that are actually small smaller like if you're doing a grateful list and you're like I'm thankful for my health it doesn't like really hit and resonate. Okay as like the warm water on in my shower. Totally. You totally. know, very, very specific. You got very it. Specific. Exactly. And then from there, it's like, you know, I, I, so, so as you begin to, to, to kind of reframe your own mindset, reshift, I have a bunch of exercises again that I share, but then, then take the time. And this is the first exercise I, that I did around friendships and relationships that changed my life. And it was as simple as writing three columns down. Column one, what are the qualities I'm looking for in a friend? I mean, like, have you ever done that before? I actually have. And like, I I actually have, but my list for who actually like qualifies that has been in my life is very, very small. Exactly. And all you need is two to three friends outside of your romantic relationship. Yeah. Really call it a community. I haven't done it in a long time and I'm actually turning 30 in July and I feel like it's a very good time to, I know this feels very serendipitous, but I feel like I need to do kind of like a full inventory and, and I, one I of the things, it's $12 on Amazon, get my, no, book. I'm a hundred percent getting it. Like it's literally going to be my joy, joy practice. We've launched we have over a thousand members that, that just, we just launched two months ago. We have over a thousand members who yeah. have, in, who are investing in their joy now. Come on, I'll give you and all of your listeners a month, you know, on me. Amazing. As well. But it's just, it's just so important to, yes, it's the little steps and it's the daily practice. And it doesn't have to be painful on a bicycle where you're competing with everybody else and everyone's leaderboard. And, you know, it's like, I you hate know, those spin classes that have leaderboards. You know, and you do it one time and then you don't do it for a month and you're yeah. just dusting in a corner. That's, that's what happens to me. I, I'll get on a on, on the bike and it's just like I'll do it for I'll do it for one day super hard and I'm in exhausted I'm in pain my muscles yeah. are exploding and then I just don't touch it for a month. So it's like what are the things that we can do every day to practice joy in our lives, to practice belongingness in our lives, right? So so those are the things I think about. What are the gentle self-expressed movements? What are the breathwork patterns? What are the, the different mindset shifts? What are the different gentle yoga practice? What are the, the self-expressed movement practice that we can invite into the brain body so we can really biohack our joy, biohack our happiness? How did you learn all of this? Again, at 30 years old, it's just like I began doing research. I began going. Like, know, did you have a teacher? Did you take courses? Like, how did you 
Like, I feel like you're very well-versed. Was this all Google? So, so I, you know, really what I did was I just traveled all around the country. I traveled all around the world. I launched a dance, you know, community movement practice, uh, dance, dance community called Daybreaker. Daybreaker. I'm um, so pissed. I haven't done one in person. Oh yeah, you're coming. First one's May 12th. May, yeah. I have it literally written down May 12th. Um, I'm going. <laughs> sweet. But, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's literally trial and error. And this is why I'm sharing all of this because it's like, instead of stuff, it took me 12 years to figure out, you know, all the stuff out and traveling around the world, meeting with the, some of the biggest masters in their field from Qigong to breath work, to yoga, to mindfulness practice, to quantum physics, understanding how you can reach levels of your brain body without taking any drugs and to reach, to take, to literally leave your body mind without taking any drugs to just do it with your breath, visualization, music. Um, and so I'm inviting all of this into this method that I developed called dose, which is a joy practice and a method all around basically combining all of these practices into a 33 minute class that I do now every day. And it's just been life-changing. So I'm sharing that uh, when we launch that, that particular joy practice in the next month or so. I cannot so, wait. Well, I'm, you can just see me there. I don't know how often you're doing it, but I'm absolutely going to be doing it. Um, I love it. It's like, it's got blindfolds as part of our equipment. It's oh my God. Work, it's dance, it's music. It's, it's amazing. Just the most, just guttural dance music that it's not just like elevator music you know it's, it's yeah. really great music that takes you to places and feels and um visualization practices i mean just like it's a whole thing we call it dose because again so we're going all over the place here but <laughs> it's so important to share because you know, in thinking about, you know, column one, what are you looking for, quality you're looking for in a friend, you're, you're also thinking about your dose. And this is why I call the platform Practice Joy Dose, which stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, right? Your quartet, your four happy neurochemicals spells out the word dose. And when you think about as a human being, if we can just learn how to tickle those neurochemicals open, life is joyous forever, right? So when you're writing down column one, right? What are the qualities I'm looking for in a friend? You want to be thinking about how, like, how can I spend time with humans that are going to help me release my four happy neurochemicals? And, and, and we'll get into that in more detail later, but it's, but it's, when you begin reverse engineering your brain body, when you begin reverse engineering what you need as a human being to be happy, then writing down these qualities becomes so much more of a fun exercise for you because mm -hmm. you're bringing a lens of, oh, wow, okay, to release my dopamine, I need to be really focused on my vision. I want to figure out what I want to do with my life. I want to find flow state with myself. Can I find community members? We're not going to shit talk each other, but can I find other community members who want to find their own flow state, who want to focus on building, uh, you know, a business of their dreams or a podcast of their dreams or whatever? Can I find like-minded individuals who are going to be as focused as I am on achieving my dream? That's dopamine, you know? Can I find friends? So oxytocin is all around trust and relationship and connection and intimacy. Can I find friends with whom I can really trust will really help me feel that exhale of I'm home, right? That's oxytocin. So when you begin understanding, and, and oxytocin is a potent brain neurochemical, you know? Mm -hmm. um, serotonin is all around gratitude, around anti-anxiety, around ease, around, around just, again, mental health joy. 
yeah. and of play. Can I find friends who will make me want to feel more playful, make me want to feel more easeful, make me want to feel like, oh, wow, like this is a, a joyful community to be around. You write that down. Again, that's serotonin in your brain. Endorphins. Oh, I want to move my body. I want to feel euphoric. I want to dance. I want to find friends who love to move with me, who want to go to festivals, who want to go to whatever, want to go, um, you know, practice joy with me, you know, like, let me find those friends. So again, when you, you begin writing down the qualities looking for in your friend and you understand how it connects to your brain, it becomes so much easier to go out and get because then you know that your brain needs this food to be happy, right? So this food is good friendships. This food is for your brain, good relationships, right? That's just one of the eight virtues of happiness that we have on, on the platform, but that I've right. my life around, right? Um, and column two is what are the qualities I don't want in a friend? So again, looking at your brain neurochemistry, what are the things that make you feel crappy, make you feel insecure, that make you feel... Those are the friends that you don't want to spend time with. Take the time to write it down so you can, you can look at it. When I did this for myself at 30 years old and I looked at this, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been attracting all of these negative column people because it's how I've been showing up potentially, you know? So I have a question because I feel like this is something that I've, I've done this list, not at this level, which like you've, you raised so many incredible points that I did not do at that, like, you know, specificity, but I feel like we have friends that we've had in our life for forever. And it's, I've definitely identified some that, you know, I don't know how, like, if you have a process on how to like fizzle out relationships or um, how to like, you know, prioritize ones that are actually feeding you versus the ones that are draining you. But I feel like there's a big fear. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening is that, you know, you have your college friends, your high school friends, the friends that have known you and that you've probably outgrown. Um, How do you, how do you cope with that? Or how do you deal with it? So the first thing is recognizing that you are more courageous than you know, right? So step one is everyone listening, you are more courageous than you know. And and not only more courageous than you know, having courageous conversations is the next level up as a human being and, and leveling up our consciousness is when we can have courageous conversations with other people to express yourself for why you know, why you're feeling that way, all of a sudden they might have a shift that brings you back together, right? So for example, last week, this is literally one week ago, I called up a girlfriend because um, she is one of the most magical humans, but I noticed that whenever I called her and I would share, oh my gosh, she's having a daybreaker, we just closed this deal, this isn't happening, we just got our thousandth member, like, She'd be like, oh, that's great, babe. Like, and I could just tell that she was like, it was like a fake, it was great. And she wasn't yeah. really happy for me. And I could just tell that there was envy or jealousy or something underneath her 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 face um, and her expression. And I know her so well that I, you know, that I, in, in the path, I just would have sat there. I would have gone on the phone. I would have been like shit talking her under my breath to myself. I'd have been like, wow, I can't believe she can't be happy for me or I can't believe whatever, whatever. And I just would, I would have either been upset about it, been upset with her, said something, you know, to my husband, kind of a little remark about it, yeah. whatever. But instead I was like, you know what, Rana, 
I'm going to call her because I care so much about her. And I, I don't want to feel like there's any deepening fracture in our relationship or if there's any type of fracture at all, mm-hmm. I'm going to call her up and talk to her about this and just let her know this is how I'm feeling. So I just was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm calling her. So I pick up the phone and I was like, Hey, um, I just want you to know, first of all, I love you so much. It's how I'm feeling. Um, and I just want to share something that, that, that maybe it's a story that I'm, creating and maybe it's um a feeling that I have but I just know you so well and I have tightness in my chest around it and because I want to deepen our relationship and deepen our friendship I I just want to share with you that um on our last conversation when I was sharing with you some of my wins that was happening in my in my you know in my life that week um I just could tell that you weren't feeling excited for me I just felt like you were saying what you were saying one thing but but in your mind I could just I could just feel the tension yeah and and instead of her being defensive about it, she started crying immediately. And I think to her credit, it takes a vulnerable person who's doing work on themselves as well to not be like, well, you know, that's not true and da, da, da. And like really, you know, and really um, wow. close a wall and then, and then close yeah. you down and then cancel you, which is what the whole world. She just started crying and she just said, you're so right, Rada. I was feeling that way. Thank you so much for creating a space for us to be able to have a conversation like this. I, I'm feeling so insecure about my money, my finances right now. I don't know, I'm gonna pay my rent next month. I don't know what's gonna to happen to my apartment. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And while I wanna be so happy for you, I'm feeling so anxious and bad about what's happening in my own life. So I can't show up for you the way I want to. So know that I, my face is me wanting to be excited for you, but inside it's my own negative self-talk of like, wow, she's there and I'm not. And I started crying too. I was like, oh my God, I wish you could tell me that. Like, how can I support you? What do you need? And we just had this incredible clearing. I mean, that sounds like so like spiritual. And I feel like it, it's also a testament to the fact that you've already done the work on finding these type of friends. You know, like I'm thinking of a lot of people in my life that I don't think, ha- or I mean, maybe they are, but I don't know that that would be the reaction, you know? So, so there you go. So now, so then if, but, but again, give them a chance. Yeah. And this is the thing. So if you did, and if you said, Hey, listen, this is really hard for me because like, but I'm, I'm making it a point right now. I'm, I'm turning 30 and I just want to, I just want to share with you that I want, I want to level up my friendships. I want to level up my relationships. I want to level up my energy. And I just know that when I spend time with you, I don't feel fully myself. I don't feel fully, and speak from the eyes, like I don't feel fully seen or celebrated. I don't feel fully like, and maybe it's a story that I have myself in our relationship because we have so much history, mm-hmm. being a little kid, and maybe you've changed too. But this dynamic that we have right now makes me feel like I can't shine the brightest that I want to. And I just wanted to open that conversation with you to just talk about it. Maybe you're feeling the same way with me and that we're both too scared to talk about it. You know, and maybe it's like, maybe she, like, maybe it's to throw that out there. Maybe you're feeling that same way about me, but you're too scared to talk about it. But I just want to like, I want to, I want to either deepen our relationship or just speak honestly with where, where I'm at in my own journey. And, you know, and whether we deepen in this process together or not is up to both of us. And I just want you to know that you know, our time together for the, for the first five years have been so special, but I'm continuing to do so much work on myself. And I just need to either, you know, to either 
communicate this need that I, the, the deeper needs that I have in a relationship now with you, with so much vulnerability, with so much sort of like love for you. Um, and, and if you're willing to receive that and willing to go there with me, let's go on that journey together. Otherwise, like I'm so your biggest cheerleader, know that there's no hard feelings here. It's just that I'm on a different journey right now. And I, and I want to, I want to just level up my own consciousness and I, I yeah. don't be that person anymore. So, so just like, definitely I, I, you're right with like first pointing out courage being like the, the first thing that you have to have. <laughs> that's it. And we're all more courageous than we know. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and once you realize, oh, you do it one time, because like the first time I had a, it's called a crucial, there's a book called Crucial Conversations that my leadership coach had me read. And again, the leadership training has been so life-changing. I bring that into the joy practice as well, because practicing, you know, leadership skills, which is what we all need as humans in terms of courage and facing each other, not canceling each other, not shit talking, not triangulating, talking to another friend about the person. You know, it's so important for us to face each other and just speak from the eye. This is how it makes me feel. I have a story around this. I feel my tightness in my chest when we talk about this. I feel insecure you know, when we spend time together, because I don't feel like you're really listening to me. I feel like you're always on your phone. I feel like you aren't really excited for my wins. I feel like you're not wanting to cheerlead or show up for the things that I'm working on that are important to me that I want my friends to show up for. Mm-hmm. You know, the number I've had several conversations with my friends around not showing up to Daybreaker, you know, and that it, that it really would have meant a lot to me that my close friends would come to my dance parties in the morning and wake up and, and, um, and it's been amazing to just be able to share, like, look, you care. I, you know, instead of saying like, why didn't you come? I'm so mad at you. It's like, hey, listen, like you mean a lot to me. And I just want you to know that when you come to, to show up to the things that, that, that matter to me, I, I feel it and I celebrate it and I honor it. And so, you know, you not coming to my dance party for the last year, we're like best of friends. Like I, it would mean a lot to me if you made an effort to wake up at 5 a.m. You know, yeah. once every once every few months to show up for your friend because it's something that's important to me. Totally. And it's never been received poorly. It's always really, really. received with so much kindness. And and if and and if they are insecure themselves, they want to be like, I can't believe she's a, she's imposing or she's she's pushing herself onto us or whatever. Like it's my own life then they don't realize how much I care about them. Yeah, they don't yeah. realize how much I value them being, being there. Um, I actually want to bring this up because I feel like I heard this on a, on a podcast recently. Um, Steven Pressfield was talking about um, the dark side of love, which is when you are leveling up and the people that are closest to you don't show up for like a daybreaker or something like that because of the fear of losing you. So if you're doing the work on yourself and you're continuing to level up, a lot of the people that are very, very close in your life, like the closest to you, family members, your best friends from childhood may be resistant to whatever it is that you're doing in life because to them, it feels like they're losing you. That's so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I, I mean, that really is a light bulb because it's interesting. The first year that Daybreaker launched, friends were there constantly. Friends mm-hmm. were there. I mean, every single event, they bought tickets, they showed yeah. up, yeah. They, you know, they were there because they were there supporting their mm-hmm. friends, starting the thing. But as 
our movement grew and expanded, um, yeah, I certainly heard murmurs. It's like, oh, it's not what it used to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and I felt some envy or felt them missing me or felt them, yeah, feeling, um, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but, but I, you know, it's so interesting when people, when people say, first of all, I love that feeling. It makes me feel better thinking that it makes me feel like there's a deeper love um, in the friendship that they don't want to lose yeah. uh, in, in, you know, in the growth of our careers. I love that change is very hard for so, so many people. Mm-hmm. My, husband, my husband can't stand change. He's just learning how to embrace oh. it. He's also 29. I'm <laughs> on the cradle on that one and he's turning 30 and, um, and yeah. And, and, and like change is hard, you know? And, um, so I, I totally feel that, um, that really feels, good to hear that that's a lens to look at when friends don't show up to things once you get big. Um, and I also think envy is a, um, is a real thing. And, um, especially among friends and siblings where we're taught to be competitive or taught in school, Oh, he got an A, she got a B. And we're always competing with our closest friends to be the most successful just because, you want to be again okay. yeah. belong. You want to belong. Yeah. You want to be seen as okay. You're always going to invite the person who succeeded the most. You know, right. thing. And um, so it's it's interesting. Um, all the lenses. Like what, one is, I love them. I don't want to show up for them because of that. The other one is, I'm envious of your success. I want to be there right. too. Be uh, where we came up at the same time, and you're now crushing it, and I'm still yeah, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. You know, and so yeah. to really kind of you know like. Ibram X. Kendi during the Black Lives Matter movement. He wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Mm. He talks about how to be an active anti-racist. You know, we have to actively work on being anti-racist because all of us are sort of like innately slightly racist. Mm-hmm. You know? And we have to work actively to be anti-racist, to be more inclusive, to be actually reaching out, to be more welcoming, right? In the same way with, with envy and these feelings of, that are innate in our bodies, envy being animals, right? Envy is competition. It's fight or flight. Oh, they're going to get the food and not me. I'm going to die, right? So, so envy is really just another kind of form of, in some ways, fight or flight, right? right. Of like, they're going to get the thing. I'm not going to get it. They're going to live. I'm not going to live. So envy is a feeling for our survival. Our survival. So we have to yeah. actively work as a 21st century human being who doesn't need to be envious. There's plenty of abundance to go around. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunity for everyone to be successful. You know, for us to actively work against our envy. Um, and it's really important to, um, to recognize when we're feeling envious and what recognize when we're feeling, um, feeling that. And then then to have the courage to share that with a person. And I'm in a women's circle now as well. Another thing that I'm doing to again, level up my joy. God, you're doing so much. (laughs) Um, so I have a women's circle every Monday. Um, and there's nine of us in this women's circle and I encourage everyone listening to create your own, have the courage to create a women's circle. I can share, with you, the format of ours. Yeah, and- please. I feel like format or like just like some sort of like step by step, which I'm sure your yeah. book has, yeah. um, is super helpful for anyone listening because it sounds like amazing. I would love to have a, you know, but like, how does that look like in practice? Exactly. So I can I can share that. You know, I'm going to do a post yeah. on my Instagram here as well. That women's circle. Um, I'll do an open source download as well.
Louise and I share about the women's circle is um, the envy that you were saying how you guys. Yes. Yes. So, 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 so we would talk about that in the women's circle and, you know, when one woman would share another woman would be like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling like having the courage to be like, wow, I'm feeling like real envy for you. I'm so happy and excited for you. You know, like you're six months pregnant, you know, I've been trying to have kids for two years. I'm feeling so excited and joyful for you, but I'm also feeling a deep amount of envy because I want to be pregnant too, you know? And so it, it makes me emotional. Like to, right? to think to think that like you can have those type of conversations with your friends and like be that level of vulnerable, you know? And I feel like it just changes the whole dynamic. Changes everything. And when I tell you now, you know, instead of the, you know, the saying like, you can't work with your friends, you can't work with it, you can't, it's like all of a sudden working with your friends becomes the most exciting spiritual journey. If you can have those types of conversations with them, you can say, Hey, I feel tightness in my chest in this moment. I feel envy here. I wish you would support me more here. I'm not feeling that like if we can do that for each other and also celebrate, Oh my gosh, I just want to call you to be like, I saw this on Instagram that you posted this. I just want to message you separately just to say, I'm so proud of you. I'm so inspired by you. Yes, I compare myself to you a lot, but I'm so inspired by you. And I read this in my book, The Mean Girls of Your Mind versus The Soul Sisters of Your Mind. The mean girls are comparison, judgment, and perfectionism, right? And the opposite of comparison, the soul sister, is inspiration, right? The opposite of judgment is curiosity, getting curious about why you're judgmental. The opposite of perfection is gratitude, right? So it's like, being, instead of being perfectionist, this needs to be perfect. It's like, no, I'm grateful for what I've got. So the soul sister, when you hang out with the soul sisters, when you begin really practicing that, um, life becomes just a lot more fun, a lot more manifesting. You begin manifesting the dream community, your friends, your, the friends, the, the love, like all the things that you want. Uh, when you start with the baseline level of belongingness with yourself, belongingness with a community, find deep, authentic sharing with your community and friends. And from that place, you can build the business of your dreams, the career of your dreams. Like when I launched things, because I had that baseline of my friends, my underwear company took off because we, we had friends who donated to our Kickstarter campaign, which we launched as a community project, community Kickstarter. Right. So it's like, I had not had this cultivated community of friends who weren't like, Oh, I'm not going to support her because fuck her or whatever. Like, no, I'm going to not only show up for my friend, I'm going to buy her underwear on Kickstarter. So you raise $65,000 on Kickstarter to launch our business. Just for your friends. So you've been doing this way before you were doing it full time because you've obviously yeah. had like a crazy career, finance, thanks. Um, and now what you're doing with Daybreaker and with and Dose. I've made a career since I sold my company last year. I sold things last year. My sister and I sold it. And it was, and again, I, I, would, I really would not be sitting here in front of you today to talk about success and and talk about community rather um without sharing that like i would not be a successful entrepreneur sitting here today if it wasn't for focusing on my community we sold things for 150 million dollars you know last year changed my life and and now instead of working on the next thing all I want to do is share our joy practice with as many people as possible so that they can go on the same exact path that I went on. Um, or I say exactly your own path, you know, yeah. but like 
would like follow a path that that has been, which is just prioritizing community. First of all, looking under the hood yourself, prioritizing community, and then and then all the things that follow after that, right? Yeah. So enjoy practice after that. What kind of drawbacks can you do every day? And that's why I'm dedicating the rest of my life to really helping people understand the importance of joy. So we're launching the Joy Institute this summer. Um, and, and, and then Dose by Daybreaker, which is our joy practice, yeah. is all the things that I did, all the things I learned. That's, that's what I'm joining, 100%. <laughs> things that, that you're going to love it. Um, and and just, to, just to, you know, even my leadership coach is on our joy practice. I had right. her do four um, leadership training where she's like, calls you out to be like, you know, who's the chicken, the brat and the weather reporter in, in your mind? Like, how are you being a brat? How are you being a chicken? How are you being a weather reporter? And so for her main ideas, she's actually on our joy practice because I'm, I'm inviting all of my most potent I teachers love to share with everybody, to open source that with, with all of, with all of you. So yeah. I'm, I'm super inspired by, um, by um, just all the people that have, that have, brought me to where I am today, um, that I want to now hold the hands of, of as many people as possible. I'm curious to hear from your transition from thanks to Daybreaker full-time to dose, et cetera. Um, the kind of like mental shift and at what point you started to think while you were growing and scaling thanks to what it became, um, that this was more aligned with what you actually wanted to do and the process. This is like a lot of the conversations that we have on active ingredient is like, how long were you thinking about this potentially being your life's calling while doing something else? And then how did you actually make that happen? Like, were you waiting to sell until you like, you know, until you felt like you had that under you to be able to do this full time? Like what, what was that process like? No, no. I mean, like at 30 years old, I was living in the studio apartment on the Upper East Side with like literally like no money and whatever. And, um, and really very few friends that I could, that were scattered around the country, you know? Yeah. Um, so no real proximity community, which is so important. Friends who live in your neighborhood, live, mm-hmm. live, so you can see them regularly, right? Yeah. But but no, I, that path started when I was 30 years old and, and we only sold things, you know, two years ago. Yeah. So, and so I'm, I'm 42 now. So, you know, at 40, right before I turned 49. So it took nine years to, to really, um, to really, well, it took me two years to find my tribe and to really build my tribe. Right. So one by one, I was like, oh my gosh, like you, you align with my values and my interests, my ability. So my, you tell them like, let's be friends. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, literally like, again, it's courage, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, and, and again, like once you work on your own energy and like, like you don't even need to be like, let's be, it's like, it's kind of like, Hey, like it just, they want to be with you. You want to be with them. I call it in my, in my book, I write about this, but I call it an equal energy exchange. It's a triple E relationship. There's so many friendships that are draining, that are energy vampires. Right. So if you clean up your own energy and you show up with enthusiasm, I call FYF, fuck yeah, friend, (laughs) energy, you know, it's like you show up with that energy. And this is all again, in more detail in my book, because it's just so important to understand what that means. Really, You show up with that type of energy to any environment. If you show up with, with not just taking from an event or experience you're invited to, but you show up with like, gold stars put next to someone's eye or you show up with like, you know, a question, you know, whatever you show up with, like my friend shows up with some instruments. One of my friends shows up with lights. She, she hates the overhead lighting. So she just brings lights everywhere and puts tea candles everywhere. It's like, what do you want to bring to an experience that everyone's like, Oh my God, I have to have her around because she's so much fun yeah. and she's creative and she brings so much. So it's like, yeah, the it's it just, it's just 
starting from that place of just like, let me take a couple of years to cultivate them one by one. Like, let me show up with energy and intention. Yeah. And then you say, Hey, let's exchange numbers. Like I'll call you. I'm doing a, and then, and then you say, I'm doing a little apartment party. Maybe you want to come to it. I'm hosting some people or I'm, or I'm like, or I want to come over my dinner. I'll, I'll cook dinner. You know, like it's yeah. just like be of service. And then people want to be your friend. Like I had this one friend, he was 10 years younger than me. I was 32. He was 22. And I had like no business being a friend with a 22 year old, you know, I was 32. I was a New York city, (laughs) but he just literally kept showing up to everything. Like I would just put out a, you know, he just found out where I was going to be and he just kept showing up over and over and over again to all these little things and just was showing up. And finally, on like the 10th time, I just was like, Hey, like, what's your deal? Like, you're, you're so smart. Like, what's your story? And we ended up having dinner one-on-one and he's brilliant poet, you know, storyteller, just this amazing young man. And, and we became friends and, and he, we were, we were best of friends for a very long time, you know, and, and, and now he's, he's moved away, but, but, um, but I just look back at that friendship, for example, with such fondness. And I talk about the friendship life cycle, you know, in my book as well. It's like, you go through these life cycles with friends all the time. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just, there's- that's actually interesting that you bring that up because I feel like at least myself, and I'm sure that some people can relate to this. You feel like you cling on to like the best friend or like this one that you have, you feel like you need like that constant, you know? Totally. Um, but I feel like in adult friendships, like you're so ever evolving also that like, it's just going to ebb and flow the way that you are, I feel. And I feel like you just need to be comfortable with that, you know? That's exactly right. And it's, and it's like, and, and I think, you know, I think there's, there's, there's something to be said about having sort of like a group that you bring together, you know, it's like my sister and I have always been sort of the mamas of the community where we were always like, come to our house, we're having a barbecue. So then, then two friends and me have never met. Now they're friends. And now it's a community of, of like like-minded friends who now yeah. hang out with each other. Right. Instead of it being like, oh, I have my workout friends. I have my, you know, play friends. I have my party friends. I have my intellectual friends and they're all scattered everywhere. That's literally how I feel. I literally feel like I have my work friends, my high school friends, right. my college friends, that's literally how my like brain has like systematized everything. Exactly. But what if everybody was all hanging out with each other? What if you had this giant Christmas party and everyone came and it was like, they were all good friends with each other. Like, so that's what I set out to do. I was like, I want a village. I just, I don't want compartmentalized friendships anymore. I want to generously introduce my friends to other friends, even if I know they're going to become friends. And there was jealousy on my end initially, as I was, when I was 32, yeah. 31 of like, Oh God, like I introduced them. Now they're hanging out without me. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. there's all this like, so you know, I feel like I could, I would totally feel that too. <laughs> right. And it's like, what's happening. But then you're like, no, no, no. They'll always thank you. First of all, for introducing them. Secondly, there's, there's again, you're so awesome. You can make more friends. And now that now you're bringing more people into the fold and all of a sudden, our friends giving is 30 people. And it's just like, and it's such a magical, you know, a story I always tell myself is that I'm like, okay, well, my work friends and my friends, I feel like they just don't have that much in common. So then I feel like I, you know, the conversations that I have with this group of people is completely different than the conversations that I have with this group of people. And so I feel like I'm having that kind of like limiting belief that I'm projecting to, right. to them. I actually did have a Christmas party and I intertwined my friends and my real, like my work friends and my real, I call them my real friends because they're like my right. friends from Miami, whatever. Um, and it, it was amazing. Like we ended, we kept going like the night to the next spot and other people were like joining. And I was like, okay, it's not that weird. But I was the one that was limiting it. 
That's what I'm saying. Like we do this to ourselves. Yeah. You have the step one is courage. And, and, and just like, you know, another part of my joy practice is affirmations. It's such an, it's such an important joy practice. So I am, so, you know, in our joy practice, we have an affirmations wheel around the screen. So every teacher, let's say that the class is around courage. This is this today's class is on courage. We have affirmations that I am brave. I am courageous. I am ready. I am here all around the screen that we actually like literally inside of the movement practice, we bring those words into our hearts, into our space. Because it's, again, it's like an important part to actually embody those affirmations. And it's been incredible to see transformations both for myself and for our community members around what does it mean to invite trends? invite affirmations into your space, into your, your body. I am courageous. I am brave. I am ready to have these conversations. I am ready to bring my community together. I am here to do this. I am ready is very powerful. I am ready is such an important affirmation, you know, and I'm courageous is too. I say that okay. uh, even as a, you know, see, I'm a 20 year, you know, veteran, you know, CEO, like, you know, like entrepreneur. And I still look myself in the mirror every morning. I'm like, Rada, you are courageous. I am courageous. I am courageous. I am ready. I am here. I am, you know, I am, I am right. And it's like, and that's it. And it's just like those types of practices that are, are again, continue to seep into when it becomes you fully, when you become realizing, Oh, I am courageous. Pick up the phone and call my friends. Hey, like, I didn't like the way, you know, like I could tell that you weren't happy for me. That became easier because I am courageous over the last many years of practicing what it means to be courageous as a daily practice has now allowed me to have these courageous conversations. That makes sense? That makes total sense. So I actually always ask this question. This is one of the ones that I asked in the beginning of the podcast, but I just knew that we were going to go on this route first. Um, But I am very curious to know what you were like as a kid that you remember. And if you feel like you are currently, I mean, I already know the answer, clearly living in your active ingredient, which is, I feel like living in your light. So yeah, I'm curious what your, what your answer is. I mean, my parents, my dad is from India, my mother's from Japan, you know, and I mean, total immigrants came to America with no family, no friends. They start over, create their community for themselves. And I just watched them my entire childhood, just courageously put letters to the neighbors. Hey, want to play cards or, you know, start a summer camp for us in the neighborhood so that they could, we could be, you know, really a central part of the community. Or, you know, they started just so many different projects um, for us. They were, they were my, you know, Hindi school teacher, my Japanese school teacher. They, they just were so involved. My dad was my soccer coach for, for eight years. My mom was the assistant soccer coach for eight years, you know, and just like my house was always a welcome Grand Central for friends and community. And so I just feel like I'm so grateful. And I share with, you know, young podcasters, like young people who are listening to your podcast, I'm sure that when you become a parent, you know, don't be precious about your furniture, you know, like the more you can be welcoming to your your kids, your 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 children's friends to come over and make a mess in the house, to be a place for gathering, to be a welcome space for gathering. Even if your own house growing up was like, don't touch this, don't touch that, be careful, be careful. And oh, you spilled that. You know, like let that not be a thing that stops you from creating that type of environment for your kid. Because I really feel so deeply blessed that um, that my parents were so open and, and we would do these these festivals every summer, these mini festivals in my backyard where we, and I think Daybreaker very- No way. 
yes, came That's from, crazy. from these little mini festivals that my parents would do. Your parents are just like these cool ragers? These cool, I mean, they would do, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, they would do, like, three-legged race and egg toss and a talent show and, like, Stop. and, you know, and um, sing-alongs and just, like, you know, intellectual Olympics, like, little riddles all around, around the house. Like, I mean, you could, you know, big dance parties at night. Like, it was just, they were always so, um, and very strict, and don't get me wrong, like, very Asian as well and very strict in their own way. But when it came to, like, we have pl- had plenty of, of daddy issues, you know, that, that whatever, but like when it came to gathering, when it came to community and, and them modeling what it meant to be a, a space for, yeah, for gathering and community, like they were, I, I, I saw that all my life, you know? So I love that. I feel like I always close with this question or it's the second to last question that I always ask, but I feel like you've answered it like 500 times. I'm going to ask it again. If there's just one specific thing that you want to call out, but the podcast is really for someone who may be in like a transitional period or who's asking these type of questions to themselves about, you know, my tribe, like, what is it that I actually want to attract in my life? Like having kind of like an existential moment and trying to figure out what that next step is for them. What would your advice be to someone that's kind of in that moment? I mean, just take a moment to ask yourself, what is my joy practice? That's it. Just what, how am I practicing joy every day? And what is my daily, like I brush my teeth every day, you know, every morning and night. How am I inviting a joy practice into my day every day? Because that is going to completely transform your life. It could take 11 minutes. It could take 33 minutes. I mean, there's mm-hmm. our classes, but it could take as little as just, 11 minutes of your day. And, and it's just, it could be looking at the mirror and be grateful. It could be taking, just putting your favorite song on dance part of the mirror for one song dance party, you know, setting yourself affirmations of love. It yeah. could be what I do every morning as well as part of my joy practice. Um, it could be journaling, it could be taking a walk in nature or at a park. I mean, it could be calling a friend and having a beautiful morning pep up, pump up talk. It could be whatever, whatever you want to invite into your joy practice, as long yeah. as you're consistent and you have an accountability buddy to hold you accountable to your joint practice. It'll be very I love that. <laughs> um, I cannot wait for Daybreaker to come back. It is literally everything that embodies what I love in one thing. So May 12th, it's the New York one. When yeah. is Miami happening? We have a lot of Miami. It's happening in May as well. We haven't announced the date yet, but Miami okay. is definitely the second to launch after New York. Okay, guys. I mean, I haven't been to one. If you sign up at daybreaker.com and put your email in, you'll start getting the, and put your city that you're from. Okay. Um, you'll start, we're in 28 cities around the world. So Amazing. put your name and your city where you're from. We will share, um, you'll start getting our invitations, our secret invitations, because we don't, we don't advertise. It's only I love this. You hear from places like this, yeah, yeah. sign up and... Uh, yeah, we've, we've literally done zero marketing or advertising. It's just been word of mouth. I mean, uh, it's like everything of the sort. I also like, I love a morning practice and like the thought of being able to do all of that before you even start your actual work day is like the most incredible thing I've ever heard of. So thank you for creating it. I can't wait for in-person. I feel like I said it earlier, it's going to be a ricochet effect. People are probably dying <laughs> to do this. Yeah, um, and go into it without feeling, oh, this is too much. Go into yeah. it feeling what a gift this is, you know, and really take in the gift of community and belonging and being shoulder to shoulder with somebody. I love um, it. 
Yeah. Um, and then I always close out the podcast asking what is your literal active ingredient, something that you have to do, a person you have to talk to, something that you have to drink. It could be coffee. It could be literally anything that is like, it has to be a part of your daily practice and you would consider your active ingredient. Creativity, being creative. Um, uh, and, and then being a mom I and mean, just like being with my daughter, but, um, that but is I, creative. You created a human. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter is my, my greatest, my greatest life's work, you know, but, um, but I would say creativity. If I, if I can exercise my creativity every single day, I'm happy. I uh, love it. So that's I it. love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't tell you, I got that pitch and I was like, this is exactly the conversation I want to be having. Every single thing that you are doing right now is so important. I'm absolutely going to be uh, reading your book and um, I want to join the... the yes, come on, come yeah. on, on board. Totally. Amazing. Right. Where can everyone find you and where can everyone find Daybreaker and Dose? Yep. So you can find me on Instagram at love.rada and then you can find... Daybreaker or Dose at daybreaker.com. Just pick uh, pick what you want. You want to join the club, that's Dose. If you want to um, get tickets, that's day, that's our, our live event. So daybreaker.com. Um, I think you can sign up for our emails as well there. Awesome. All right. You. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think, I don't even know what time is it. What time is it? Oh, we're a little over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. And I'm so excited to put this out there. Oh my God. Likewise. Thank you. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I also wanted to share that this is absolutely not sponsored, but Rada and her team would love to offer all active ingredient listeners 50% off of your first month of dose following the 14 day free trial with code activate joy in all caps. And I am definitely going to be trying it out. So if you guys want to join me on that, DM me and let me know that you're going to be doing it and we can do it together. But yeah, this is, again, not sponsored, but they just wanted to offer this to the active ingredient community. So I wanted to share that with you guys.